0: The American news media and other top Democrats are expressing outrage at Donald Trump's expression of hope that America might restart, start reopening by Easter. In an op-ed in the New York Times, a former newspaper, editor-in-chief blithering prevarication the ripped into the president, writing, quote, I rip into you, President Trump, with all the furious force of my hatred of everything you stand for, like America and business and refusing to apologize for meaningless things to suggest that there might be hope at such a time as this endangers our entire business model. Next, you'll be telling us not to be afraid and to stand united. If such ideas take hold, the news media would not survive. And I, for one, would have to make a living using my only other talent, which is playing harmonica while simultaneously working the foot pedal of a bass drum at the same time my trained monkey passes a hat around for spare change. This would be a terrible come down from running the most powerful former newspaper in the country, and it's only one of the tens of important jobs that would be destroyed if Americans listened to your siren song of hope and unity. Any plan that would put the New York Times out of business is a direct attack on the First Amendment itself, and it is even more despicable to connect such hope to Easter, a time when traditionally I get depressed thinking of the eternity I'm going to have to spend in hell. This presidency must be ended immediately to make way for Joe Biden, because if we are forced to wait till November, the, <laughs> the man will be completely incomprehensible. And now, sir, you have been ripped into by no less a man than blithering prevarication the third, And I hope you feel it deeply, because otherwise I will begin to suspect that my influence is an illusion. And indeed, my entire life is a meaningless charade. Unquote. After writing that, Mr. Third started sobbing and ran from the room. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Claven, and this is The Andrew Clavin Show. Honky donkey, life is tickety boo. Birds are winging, also singing. Honky dunky dee Ship shape, dipsy, topsy. The world is a bittersing. It's a wonderful day. Hooray, hooray! It makes me want to sing. Oh, hooray, hooray! Oh, hooray, hooray! hooray. So, at a time like this, when everybody knows nothing and the future is uncertain, predictions of what is going to happen next have a powerful attraction for the human mind. The suspense we're living in is painful, and if someone has some kind of authority or standing, or even just a deep voice, it can be tempting to believe he has some notion of what the future holds. Even if his prediction is apocalyptic, it fills a void. Anything is better than just the darkness. But the fact is, most predictions, a huge percentage of them, are not in any way a reflection of the future, but are really an expression of the heart of the person making the prediction. For instance, if I were to say something like, oh boy, after Nancy Pelosi tried to screw America with her awful pork-laden relief bill, she and all her fellow Democrats will be swept from office, and Trump will win in a landslide. All I'm really telling you is that I'm ticked off at Pelosi for being such a horrible human being, and I hope she's punished for it politically in November. I don't know what the voters are going to do any more than you do or Nate Silver does, or anyone else. This is disappointing in one way, because it means predictions don't help us navigate the future much, but we already know that, and it's illuminating in another way, because at least we're getting some information. We're getting information about the predictors, hopes, and fears. Which makes the current backlash against Donald Trump's reassessment plan incredibly revealing. All Trump has said is that one, he'll reassess what we're going to do after the first 15 days, which I think is Monday. and two. He hopes America can get start getting back to work by Easter. That's not callous. It's not stupid. It's not putting money before human life. The economy is human life. It's how humans support their lives. The only reason Chuck Schumer thinks we can live off the government dime forever is because he's done it forever. The money he gets paid comes from the work we do, not the work he does. If we stop working, he won't get paid. Then the economy will become clear to Chuck Schumer. We have to get the economy going again, and Trump has an optimistic timetable that he knows as well as anybody else is going to have to be flexible. It makes perfect sense. So why is the press screaming and yelling and predicting something like the apocalypse and the Holocaust wrapped together? I think the answer is obvious. It's not that they have no hope. It's that that is their hope. In the same way I hope the Democrats are punished politically for their anti-American political maneuvering in a time of crisis, the press hopes the apocalypse and the Holocaust put together will hit this country they despise so that orange man bad will be swept away and white man stupid can take his place. Predictions aren't predictive, but they are information. And that information is important. We have to remember what we see in these weeks. We can't forget. We're learning who we are and who we can turn to in times of trouble. And we're going to need that information as America slowly comes back to life. All right. Even if you are running your business from home, even if you're running it online, HR remains important. When you're running a business, the HR issues can be just terrible, especially in cases of wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations. They're different in every state. It's really hard to keep track. And HR manager salaries aren't cheap, an average of $70,000 a year. That's why you need Bambi spelled B-A-M-B-E-E. It was created specifically for small businesses, and you can get a dedicated HR manager through Bambi who will craft HR policy and maintain your compliance, all for just $99 a month. That is a lot less than the average of $70,000 a year in HR salary. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat month to month. No hidden fees. You can cancel Anytime you didn't start your business because you wanted to spend time on HR compliance, let Bambi help. Go to bambi.com slash Claven right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's bambi.com slash Claven spelled BAM to the B E E dot com slash Claven. But how do you spell Claven? It's it's (laughs) Claven. It's Clay to the VA. There are no E's <laughs> in that's what I wanted to say. There are no E's in Claven. All right, mailbag coming up, but let's start with some yeah! Yeah! news. Um, my, it, this is all happening in my house, and it's just going crazy. This place is like it's just like a, an old TV show. People swinging through the rafters and everything. Uh, let's start with some actual news that the, they seem to have uh, figured out in the Senate. What they're going to do with this relief bill it looks like nancy pelosi backed off a little bit and uh, they've got what it looks like it's going to be a two trillion dollar stimulus package the details are still coming out don't listen to people predicting what it's going to do yet because we don't really know yet what it's going to do. Plus, it has to get through uh, the House. And Nancy Pelosi doesn't want to come back to work. We're going to give we're going to give her the benefit of the doubt and say she doesn't want to come back to work because she's afraid of getting sick. Uh, but she wants to do this by voice acclamation vote uh, off site. Uh, so it means that everybody would have to agree. So every Democrat is going to be going. But can can't we have a transgender bailout bill? I mean, you know, we, we, we're going to hear this John, I got to play one thing before we get into the Trump and Biden of it all, because we got to talk about Joe Biden today. It is amazing what the guy is doing. But before we get to that, John Kennedy had a wonderful explanation of what held the bill up, and I just want to play that. This is the last clip.
1: I thought that we in Congress had hit rock bottom with the, uh, the Kavanaugh hearings. But with this, this later this latest prank, uh, I think we've hit rock bottom and started to dig. What uh, Speaker Pelosi and Senator Schumer have done is breathtaking, breathtakingly irresponsible. We had this deal practically put together. Speaker Pelosi flew in with her left of linen. Bridge to nowhere proposals. And Senator Schumer did not have the oranges to tell her to back off. And we were off to the races.
0: (laughs) He didn't have the oranges to tell her to back off. I love that description. Pelosi was on TV. She looked awful yesterday, trying to make excuses for all this nonsense that they were trying to put in diversity in boardrooms and uh, uh, restrictions on emissions from airlines and all this stuff. This is going on throughout uh, the Democrat side. The Nevada's governor uh, has banned the use of anti-malaria drugs, the ones that Trump said are showing hope because he just wants to make Trump look bad. AOC sent out a tweet. Dozens of people, both workers and the incarcerated, have tested positive for COVID-19 on Rikers Island. Uh, so they have to be released. This is what the Democrats are doing and they're trying to keep us from seeing what Trump is doing, which is basically a good job. Um You know, I want to will say one thing about Trump. Trump sent out this tweet uh, that Mitt Romney tested negative for the uh, Chinese virus. And Trump (laughs) sent out this tweet. This is really great news. Exclamation point. I am so happy I can barely speak. He may have been a terrible presidential candidate and an even worse U.S. senator, but he is a rhino and I like him a lot. Now, that's funny. It is funny. Knowles is laughing about it. But it also does show Trump's character in a bad way. There's so many people piling on Trump, so many people working around the clock to make him look bad for the good stuff he's doing. Trump's character, as I've often said, is that the things that come out of his mouth are sometimes stupid, but the things he does are really smart. He does a good job. That has been his character. He is sticking with that character. I wish he wouldn't do this stuff because while New Yorkers like me find it funny because we get it, not everybody finds that funny and we're going to need him in office after November Or we're going to get some really bad stuff going on, as I will show you as we go forward. So here's what here's what Trump actually said yesterday about getting back to work uh, for Easter.
2: I'd love to have it open by Easter. Okay, I would love to have it open by Easter. I will I will tell you that right now. I would love to have that. It's such an important day for other reasons, but I'll make it an important day for this, too. I would love to have the country opened up and uh, just raring to go by
0: Easter. OK, and here's what Fauci, the doctor, said about that.
3: It's a back and forth. The, the president clearly listens. I mean, he, he has this aspirational goal of hoping that we might be able to do it by a certain date. We talked to him about that. We say we need to be flexible. He realizes that and he accepts that. I mean, he doesn't want to give up his aspirational goal, but he's flexible enough to say, OK, let's look at it. On a day-by-day basis, we say and we
0: will give him data to inform the decision. (laughs) So that seems to me like things are working well, an optimistic president who understands that the economy matters as well as people's health, that the economy is the way people support each other. I mean, Chuck Schumer is saying, oh, we're going to pay, you know, the federal government is going to be paying your salary. Well, no, it's not. No, it's not. The taxpayers are going to be paying the salary and the taxpayers can't pay taxes if they don't have a salary. They don't understand that that's how this is, that the money, Chuck Schumer does not understand that the money he lives on is coming from us. It comes from the work we do. He is just sucking that up. He is not earning that money. He is not creating that wealth. We are. We're creating the wealth. He's living off it. So that's the way that works. And once he understands that, maybe he'll get a little scared and think, oh, if the economy shuts down, even I won't get paid, then it'll be serious. So that's what happens. Trump said it would be great if we could open for Easter. Fauci said, you know, he's listening to us. The Surgeon General said this as well. We go in and we talk to him. He listens to us. He's got to stay flexible. We know that Trump is a flexible guy. Here's how the networks played this story. This is cut number one. Mixed messages tonight at a time we can ill afford it. COVID cases are exploding, doubling every few days in some communities in this country. Now with calls at the state level growing louder and more insistent for Americans to isolate president trump focused on boosting the economy is talking about ways to get back to business soon putting him on a potential collision course with public health experts
1: who say this is no time to lower our guard. But that proposed timeline goes against what his top health advisor told NBC News just days ago about how long the pandemic will
2: last. The president arguing the White House's social distancing guidelines could be eased to
0: allow Americans back on the job. What the president is now saying about his own guidelines from the White House to keep social distance, now saying he wants to restart the economy by Easter. President. Trump's words going against what many of his own health experts have said. The president saying we lose thousands of people to the flu, but we don't shut the country off.
2: Oh, man. Oh, God. Oh, man.
0: (laughs) Once again, once again, this is the disaster, the hysteria. First of all, it's to draw you to the news. Second of all, it is to bring down Donald Trump. That is the whole purpose of it. These guys cannot get off that little train track, and it is time to stop. It is—it really is time to stop. It really is time to knock it off. You know, I mean, during during a normal political time, some bare knuckle, you know, fighting is okay. We understand that the press is a Democrat organ. The the networks are not the new—they're not news sources. They're just sources of Democrat information. CBS a little bit, a little bit uh, fairer than the others, I think, but still. We know we understand what they are, we understand their anti-Trump Democrat, you know, news that they're sending out to us. It's time to stop. I mean, really, it really is. People are losing lives, people are losing wealth, people are losing uh, you know a lot, and they're afraid and they're anxious. It's time it's just time to stop. And you know, you think back for a minute, think back to when people were saying, you know, I don't think the FBI and the CIA should be spying on Donald Trump. And remember the hysteria where suddenly he said that we, we were we were destroying people's faith in our institutions, our sacred institutions, the intelligence community, the intelligence community, which after all only has spied on everybody forever, and they were they were so upset when they abuse those uh, privileges that they have, they abuse those powers that they have against people like Martin Luther King is they should have been upset about that, but not upset when they abused them about Donald Trump. Then it was all Donald Trump. And anybody who criticized them was undermining our faith in our institutions. And yet this just constant, constant drumbeat against Trump all he is saying is that he hopes for this and it is something that we need to look at and keep looking at again and again because the economy matters. I mean, he talks about, uh, lo- he talked about losing people. I think this was cut, let me see, see I think it's cut um, uh, 14. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu, but you're going to lose more people by putting a country into a
2: massive recession or depression. You're going to lose people. You're going to have... Uh, Suicides by the thousands, you're going to have all sorts of things happen. You're going to have instability. You can't just come in and say, let's close up the United States of
0: America, the biggest, the most successful country in the world by far. And and that's just literally true. Here's a Lancet study found uh, almost 5,000 excess suicides between 2007 and 2009. Uh, A 2013 study in the BMJ Medical Journal found similar suicide increases, especially in men. When people are out of work, it destroys them. We know there's also all those deaths from OxyContin and heroin and all the other things that people take when they feel that they've lost their way and they've lost their usefulness and their meaning. He's absolutely right. And the thing that we're talking about is we're talking about graded return uh, to work. Uh, You know, uh, Texas Governor, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick talked about this, about old people uh, holding back and young people going out to... To work. You know, and we're talking, I think it's going to be closer to four or five weeks. I mean, that's my own personal guess that it's not going to be as uh, soon as Easter, but still it's worth looking at all along and it's worth being confident and it's worth being optimistic. That's We didn't play this yesterday. I don't think the uh, Dan Patrick talking about what old people should do.
2: What we all care about and what we love more than anything are those children. And I want to you know, live smart and uh, and and see through this. But I don't want the whole country to be sacrificed. Uh, and i and that's what I see. I've talked to hundreds of people, Tucker, and just in the last week, and uh, making calls all the time. and And everyone says pretty much the same thing that we can't lose our whole country. We, we're having an economic collapse. I'm also a small businessman, I understand it. And I talk with business people all the time, Tucker. And and I'm so, my I'm just, my heart is lifted tonight by what I heard the president say because we can do more than, you know, one thing at a time. We can do two things. So, you know, my message is that, um, Uh, Let's get back to work. Let's get back to living. Let's be smart about it. Uh, And those of us who are 70 plus, we'll, we'll take care of ourselves, but don't sacrifice the country.
0: Now, I just want to make sure you understand he's not talking about me. Right. He's talking about other old people. Uh, You know, we want what we want to do is we want the young people to go out first and then the slightly older people. And finally, the oldest people. And finally, me, because we don't want to lose me. I mean, that's the we have to save the on, uh, because remember, you know, man. (laughs) remember, remember, the economy can be brought back. uh, Other dead people can be brought back to life. But once I die, it's permanent because it's me. See, it's different when it happens to other people. That's only in my imagination. But when it happens to me, that's real. No, obviously I'm clowning around but the thing about the economy is important I, I I have to say that the one I'm not this is not a prediction but the one thing I will say is I think I, I also think the concern for the economy can be overstated as well right I think we I think we have to balance this obviously obviously everything is a complex balance. there are now uh, the, the numbers that are kind of unfolding in England and here uh, places where they have taken stock and done the right things. Don't look like the worst numbers that, that we've all been afraid of. They look more like the numbers my friend said in, sent to me that I was talking about uh, at earlier in the week. They look a lot more like that. In fact, some people are saying, well, maybe all, everybody is already infected and that we're just not recording that, uh, which is just a way of explaining the fact that the, we're not seeing the kind of fatalities that we thought we would. It's still a very dangerous disease. It's going to get more dangerous in the next weeks. These are the weeks where, that it will tell us everything we need to know. And then we reassess just like Donald Trump was saying. All right. Let us talk about liquid IV because staying hydrated. This is a big deal. I'm really bad about this. I have to tell you, I'm really bad about this. Frequently, I'll be walking around and suddenly I'll think, I am really tired. Why am I so tired? And it's because I'm not hydrated. All I've got to do is drink some liquid IV and get hydrated and I come right back to life. It really is true. What makes liquid IV so effective is cellular transport technology, CTT, the optimal ratio of glucose, sodium, and potassium delivers water and nutrients into the bloodstream. It's the perfect balance to help you hydrate quickly and more effectively than water alone. One stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water can give as much hydration as two to three bottles of plain water. That means it's great for tough workouts, it helps prevent muscle fatigue, and it promotes healthy post workout recovery. By the way, it tastes good. I liked it a lot. I, I thought it was really. Uh, Better than other competing products. Get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code CLAVEN at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order on Liquid IV's website. Just go to liquidiv.com and enter promo code CLAVEN to save 25% off and get better hydration and energy. Liquidiv.com, promo code CLAVEN. Don't wait. Start fueling your adventures just as soon as you figure out. How to spell Claven. There are no easy There aren't. I just, I really, I, I, just make it look this easy. That's how that happens, and that's why people misspell my name all the time. So my favorite take from this, this, this quote that Trump had, where he talked about Easter, was in a a conversation he had with Fox News. Um, I can't remember which of the guys. If I, uh, Dan, well, it doesn't matter. But it, but he was did a long town hall at Fox News. And Brian Stelter, as we know, is keeping a close watch on Fox News. Brian Stelter at CNN never does anything but watch Fox News and complain about it. And this was his review of Trump's performance and Fox News' performance at this interview. Stelter.
3: I understand the president wants to give a positive message to the country, and he wants people to know this will end someday. But he's talking about returning to normal by Easter. That's on April 12th this year. And public health experts say that would be incredibly dangerous. To suddenly go back to normal would be incredibly dangerous and would be devastating to the economy because so many more people would die. The president is out there on Fox saying this and not getting challenged much not getting pushback the way he at least gets at press briefings and would get on any other network. I think, Brianna, this is an example of the Fox News presidency at its very worst because he can go on a channel that lets him say whatever he wants, doesn't challenge him, goes so easy on him, he ends up misinforming the public. And by the way, it's a feedback loop that's been continuing because he's hearing these ideas on Fox about trying to open up the country right away. And then he's repeating them on Fox and around and around it goes, Brianna. See you there, socks.
0: So, so it's, Bill, it's Bill Hemmer who's uh, interviewing him. Just, just to compare the questions Hemmer was asking, which I thought were perfectly good. It was a friendly interview, but it, it was a good interview. Here are the questions that Joe Biden was asked on The View yesterday.
1: So as we talked to you this morning, there are more than 46,000 cases of the coronavirus in the U.S., and a third of the country is in some form of lockdown. How are you, (laughs) how are you doing? And what are you doing to get through your, your lockdown? Vice
2: President Biden, uh, this is Sunny. You, you said that uh, Trump has neglected, minimized and lied about the virus. I completely agree with that. And, and now you are doing daily briefings on the virus from your home in Delaware. I thank you for that. Is this to counter the misinformation that Trump is putting out that you've referenced before?
0: <laughs> so that's Brian Stoltz has got to stop watching Fox News and take a look at his own coverage and the coverage of the rest of the mainstream media. And here is what Biden is saying. Let's play cut. Uh, three like a president. That's a stupid way to say it. You know, guess,
2: Donald Trump I was really
3: asking. Wishing... Sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, no, I probably best I don't. I'm Joe Biden and I approve this message. <laughs> it's only one more of him. Just cut ten. Now all of a sudden he is being tough on China. He's making sure, and now he's being mm-hmm. soft on his xenophobia in the past. So I just I just can't figure the guy. It's like it's, I don't know. It's like watching a yo yo. I shouldn't have said it that way. It's like watching. It feels
3: that way. I want to ask. I want. <laughs>
0: It's okay. I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this message. (laughs) John Nolte said that interview looked like a mother with a special needs child, you know. You know, to be honest with you, I feel a little bad for him because I actually believe that he's suffering from something. I think something is wrong with the guy. These are these are set up interviews. This is the time to look like a leader. This is the time to look like forceful. If you want to use this for politics, if you want to use this emergency for politics, and obviously he does, it's an election year, I actually will not hold that against him. That's not the problem. You know, you got to look like a leader. You got you to be a leader. You got to instead, first of all, he's spreading a lot of misinformation. He's allowing misinformation to go out under his name. Uh, he said that Trump rejects. The uh, World Health Organization testing kits. He said that um, Trump called the virus a hoax. They keep sending that one around. And that in, in and of itself is a hoax. Uh, he accused uh, Trump of silencing a CDC official. Never happened. Uh, he says he hasn't that he said that Biden said he hasn't criticized the president's uh virus response he has. I mean, it's just a lot of dishonesty. And meanwhile, he's not suggesting anything. He's not leading. He's not saying, oh, well, here's what we've got to do. He's just reiterating a lot of the stuff that, uh, that you know, the Democrats are saying. He's just kind of following behind Nancy Pelosi going, yes, Ms. Pelosi, no, Miss Pelosi. You know, that's what he's doing. And so he's not he's not showing any leadership at all. There is a piece, I got to say, in The Atlantic from Alex Wagner, that's girl Alex, not boy Alex. Alex Wagner, who was part of uh, uh the the circus and so she's been on the campaign trail and it, <laughs> the headline, i'm not making this up i swear the headline is stay alive joe biden <laughs> democrats need little from the front runner beyond his corporeal pride. <laughs> Beyond his corporeal presence. That's what they're looking for in a president, a corporeal presence, a physical human being who is alive. That's what, it's alive. Our candidate is alive. It's alive. I mean, this is what this is what the Democrats have been reduced to. And you know, it it's fun. it's only funny because it's actually symbolic of the party. It is symbolic of the party. They have zero ideas. They're suggesting letting felons out to spread their disease among the populace suggesting banning, you know, medicine that might actually help because they don't like Trump. They're suggesting putting, you know, holding up a relief bill so they can make sure there's diversity in the boardroom. (laughs) They have no idea. So all they need is for Joe Biden's corporeal presence. to keep breathing. Let me read a little bit of this because just for comic relief, if you were on the campaign trail, this is from the Atlantic, by the way, if you were on the campaign trail for the past three months, what struck you was not Biden's organization. There was little or his resources, there were few, or even the campaign messaging, Joe Biden has been and forever will be Joe Biden. What was striking was the sense of anguish and urgency articulated by everyone, everywhere, all the time, and that was before the pandemic. Almost no one I came across said they were going to vote because someone, anyone, but especially Joe Biden, had made their hearts sing. Even Sanders supporters— uh, were clear-eyed about their desire to defeat Trump first and foremost, ending the Trump presidency because of the lies, the cruelty, the indignities, the misogyny, the incompetence, the fraudulence, the corruption, the clownishness. Notice there are no details here; just a lot of names. That was something that united men and women across the United States and left them in a state of anguish. Biden was never really convincing anyone on the stump. His political power at this point is an idea not his idea, an idea of Joe Biden held collectively about how to defeat Trump. Meanwhile, Bernie Sanders, <laughs> oh, so, wait, the, the final line is the work now is to keep the idea convincing enough, the idea convincing enough for long enough among as many people as possible for the corporeal man to actually win. Let me read that again. The work now, says th- this lady who's obviously supporting Biden, is to keep the idea of how to beat Trump, convincing enough for long enough among as many people as possible for the corporeal man to actually win. In other words, it doesn't matter if it's true. It doesn't matter uh, if, if the idea is stays in place after the corporeal body of Joe Biden still breathing is funneled into the White House, is wheelbarrowed into the White House and deposited in the Oval Office and propped up like, you know, weekend with Joe. It doesn't you know, it doesn't matter if that idea holds up or if it's true. It only matters that it works. And that's what the press is doing. The press is calling for Donald Trump's briefings to be censored. To be not to cover the briefings. They say it's because he's lying, but it's not. It's because the people say by 60%, the people are approving of the way Trump is actually uh, handling this crisis. And his approval ratings are now up as high as they've ever been, which I think is 49, 50%. But his uh, approval ratings for how he's handling the crisis are at 60% and high among, and a lot of that height is among independents and Democrats. And some Democrats I know just watching on Twitter, I don't know how real this is or how widespread it is, but some Democrats are just saying after that thing that Nancy Pelosi pulled, I'm not voting for a Democrat again for the first time in my life. You know, this is the thing. (laughs) I remember this because I was a liberal. And I was raised a Democrat and I was raised, you know, basically that if you weren't a Democrat, you were a Nazi. There were the Democrats and the Nazis. I can remember vividly my father, when Ronald Reagan was elected, calling me up and saying, oh, this is it. This is it. Here come the Nazis. Here come the Nazis. Of course, my father was always saying that, but I can remember that specifically. What they know is that we are evil. And that's why when people red pill When people start to say, oh, wait, let me take a look at the other side. That's why it's so convincing. That's why they get swept away. The minute, the minute they pull the thread of the Democrat suit, the entire suit unravels like something made in Wuhan. You know, that's what happens the minute you pull that thread. It's what happened to me. It's the minute you start looking at other information, saying, well, let me just listen to what Rush Limbaugh is saying. Let me just take a look at National Review. Let me just see what these people are saying. They are depending on you not doing that, but we see you. And we will. All right. Let us talk for a moment about um, rockauto.com. Because first of all, because we love saying that, rockauto.com. That's what, why we do these ads. We we don't take money for this. We just are privileged to be able to say rockauto.com. And at this point, when your car needs a part, do you want to get in your car and go out to the parts store? No, you don't. You want to go to rockauto.com, not just because it's fun to say, but because it's impossible to keep all the parts stocked for all the different cars. But if you have internet, you have access to rockauto.com at your desk and in your pocket, and they have everything you need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Doesn't matter what kind of car. Doesn't matter how old it is. They will have it at rockauto.com. Plus, you get to say rockauto.com. They always offer the lowest prices possible. They don't change their prices based on what the market will bear. And one reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money so that you can use that money for other important things like Food. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car at what great prices or your truck. Write Claven in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. And also in the box it says, How do you spell Claven? There are no ease in Claven. It's true. I just make it look easy. We got the mailbag coming up. But before, let me just remind you that All Access Live is on every day at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. That is me and Jeremy and uh, the God King and Ben and Knowles, all of us, Walsh. Uh, we're coming on and just talking to you. It's a more relaxed than our normal programming. It's less focused on bringing you news and information, more about sitting down with you at the end of a long day, answering your questions if you're a subscriber. Uh, maybe we're allowing all levels of subscribers. The show is intended for our all-access members, but... During this national emergency in time of isolation, we have opened it up to all our members. And in doing so, we've accelerated the launch. So come on over uh, and watch at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. I'll be doing it tomorrow. Losing track of the days here as I stay indoors. But uh, it, I'll be doing it tomorrow, Thursday. But it's on every every night. Uh, come on over. It is really, it's really nice. And Personally, I love talking to you. I'm serious. I would much rather listen to you. That's why I love the mailbag so much. I would much rather listen to you than to me just uh, talking into the air. So please come over, ask questions, just say hi. I love to hear from you. All right, we got the mailbag coming right up. Go to dailywire.com and subscribe so you can be in the mailbag next week, and I'll solve your problems. All right, mailbag. (laughs) <laughs> well, it, it doesn't always change your life for the better, I guess, what that means. All right. Um, from uh, a screen name, is Nabarta. It says, Dear Andrew, a.k.a. Professor X, every day I feel like the left is something more and more despicable. You're not alone in this. I've gotten to the point where I've convinced myself that they and their minions in the mainstream media are completely evil uh, or incredibly incompetent being a Catholic I've been trying to see the good in everybody and listen to Jesus's command of love your enemies. Um, I used to pray for people like Nancy Pelosi and even Ilhan Omar, but I've reverted back to wishing them and the lying press to be damned and punished for what they've done, especially in these days following the pandemic. I understand why Jesus wants us to love our enemies. But the left makes it very hard to do that. How can I pray for them and wish for them to be saved when they obviously hate people like me and this country so much? How would Jesus want me to overcome this anger? I appreciate your input and thank you for all that you do. And The Daily Wire does. Save the clavin. That's the most important thing you've said today, of course. No, listen, you know, you say uh, you, know, you understand why Jesus wants us to love our enemies. And let me tell you why I think he says that. Because a lot of people think Jesus wants to make the world a better place. There is nowhere. In the Bible where Jesus says, I want to make the world a better place. He says you should give money to the poor, but he says the poor will always be with you. He says that the world, you will have trouble in the world, but I, Jesus, have overcome the world. The world is going to be the world. So he's not telling you to love your enemies because he thinks that makes the world a better place. That entire concept is nowhere to be found. In the New Testament, although I happen to think that if everybody acted the way Jesus wants them to act, the world would indeed be a better place, but it would still be the world, it would still have corruption in it, it would still have a lot of the things that make us upset. The reason he wants you to love your enemies is because then you see them clearly. You see them as they are. You see them as suffering people. You see them as people who are maybe misguided. You see them as part of the machinery of life that led to the crucifixion of Jesus. As I always say, and I always get angry letters about this, but it's just true. That's why I always get angry letters about it. There are no real villains in the Jesus crucifixion story, except maybe Judas, and we're not sure about that. It's just the world being the world. Jesus is crucified because the world is the world. And when people do their jobs and when people follow their own interests and when people follow their interests of their institutions, bad things happen. So Nancy Pelosi, even Ilhan Omar, I think Ilhan Omar is a terrible person. I think she's a terrible human being. But when I step back and I love her as I love myself, which means is when I think about her as a human being uh, in, in suffering, as a human being in pain, as a human being who's lost and sinful and afraid, you know, it's easy for me to, it's easier for me to see her as she is the reason for that is it makes you better. It makes your life better. It brings you closer to God. He wants you to love your enemies because God makes the rain and the sun fall and shine on the good and the evil alike. He wants you to be more like God. And when you are more like that, it's better. Who do you hurt by wishing them ill? Who do you hurt by praying that they're damned? You. Who, who Whose anger is eating you up when you feed that anger? It eats you like a wolf inside you. Who's that hurting? You. It's not hurting them. It's hurting you. And so that's why he's saying that it's for your good. Once you see that it's for your good, that it brings you closer to the kingdom of God, it's a little easier to let go of the hatred. That doesn't mean you don't oppose them. That's part of your job. It doesn't mean you don't stand against them. That's part of your job. But hating them just eats away at you. It does nothing to them. And so I think that that's the important thing to understand, that it's you're not doing this as a moral act so that God will say, good boy, and pat you on the head, or good girls, since I don't know which you are. But not, you're not doing it so that God will say, "You know, well done, good and faithful servant. You're doing it so that you will be brought closer to God. And that's a joyful experience for you. So there's something in it for you, which is the joy of being close to God. All right, from Laura. Uh, I'm stuck. I'm one of those people that tried to follow conventional wisdom and do the right things with my life, but despite all my efforts, I have nothing to show for it. In college, I went into engineering instead of following my passion. I grinded through failure after failure because I thought that would land me a good job. After I got out, after all that hard work and effort, I couldn't land a job. Uh, I barely managed to get a job doing temp work at a company that lied to me and repeatedly screwed me or, until I finally got thrown under the bus. I'm 28, single, lonely, jobless, until living with and still living with my parents. Every day, I want to beat my head against the wall, wondering what the hell I'm doing. Um, This goes on in this vein. Um, At this point, failure is so common, it doesn't even bother me anymore. What bothers me is feeling like a completely worthless leech on the world. Uh, I tried to ask several acquaintances for help or advice, but people keep treating me like my life is perfect. I hate that. I just want someone to be honest with me. Going to church has been my solace over the years, but it hasn't fixed my problem. What the heck do I do? Uh, Okay, you want somebody to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you and you're not going to like it. Uh, You're going to have to change your attitude. Uh, You're feeling sorry for yourself. Every time I hear somebody say I've done everything right and nothing goes well for me, I think like, hold off. Nobody does everything right. That's not the point. You know, you talk at one point about going in to get a job and the person saying, rejecting you uh, out of hand because he or she didn't feel that you were passionate about it, you're obviously radiating this negativity. When I say change your attitude, here's what I'm not talking about. All right. What I'm not talking about is taking a positive attitude for a while and then saying, well, it didn't work. I tried that and it didn't work. I don't care if it works. You got to change your attitude anyway. It doesn't matter. So what you need, you need to get out of your parents' place. You need to get a job. This is obviously a bad time to be looking for work, but there is work around. Set aside your dreams, set aside your passion. This is a time to take care of yourself and get yourself some dignity and some uh, success and make sure that you can do take care of yourself. So get a job. It doesn't matter what job. I've had all kinds of jobs. I've been a security guard. I've worked in warehouses. I've driven cabs. I've done all those things to support what I wanted to do and get where I wanted to go. Every single one of them had dignity and beauty, and I've not regretted a single one of them. And I worked hard at every one of them. Every time I put my hands on anything, I try to do it as well as I can possibly do it. You should do the same. You should get a job doesn't matter what it is forget about you forget about your passions but you got to change this attitude you're not doing everything right you're not doing you're not perfect nobody's screwing you all the time that's not the way life works that's not the way life works it's not everybody against you right it's you against you so you got to say i'm going this is what i'm going to do this is with a next step it doesn't have to be your dream. It doesn't have to be your ultimate goal. The next step is, for instance, getting out of my parents' place and getting a job on my own. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to focus on. And I'm not going to sit around and, and talk about how what a sad sack I am, or how everybody's uh, hates me. I'm not going to be Eeyore and talk about what a lone, lorn person you are and all this stuff. Go out and do it. It's got. It's got to start with you. And again. I don't want to hear, I tried that and it didn't work. doesn't matter if it works. You got to do it anyway, because that's, it's bad for you, what you're doing right now. Uh, Okay. From Ashland, I came across this strange, you said you wanted honesty. You got it. Uh, From Ashland, I came across this strange verse from the Bible. I thought of you because I'm interested what your take on it is. This is Jesus speaking. If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. It seems obvious to me that this is not meant to be literally true, but suggesting that we not get even too attached to other people. Maybe the social distancing led me to find this verse. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Well, obviously Jesus tells us to love even our enemy, as we were discussing. Uh, so he doesn't want you to hate your father and your children and your wife and your brothers and sisters. He's not using it that way, though. It is that. It is the word for you know hate. Uh, I think it is in Greek. Uh, but obviously that's not what he's saying. That doesn't make any sense what he i think he's saying is whole if when you are following Jesus in the act of following Jesus in the act of coming closer to God you have to hold everything else at naught the dearest things in your life at naught obviously one of the weird things about doing things for Jesus is they weirdly redound to your good more often than not sometimes you have to suffer sometimes you're martyred for it but the more often than not, when you do things for, for Jesus, they wind up redounding to your good. So when you put God first in your life and when you hold other things at naught uh, in com- compared to God, you may well find that your relationship with parents, wife, brother, sister gets better. Uh, and I think that that probably happens more often than not. So it's not hate in that active sense of I hate you. It is when following Jesus, in the act of following Jesus, hold everything else at naught, even the things that are most dear to you. Jesus knows that those people are the most dear to you. He's saying even the things that are most dear to you, hold them at naught before uh, the the act of following God. Um, that's my interpretation. And then I'm sure I'll get letters saying you don't know anything. Um, all right. Another another um, question here from Nicole. Dear Andrew, I'm thoroughly enjoying your book, The Great Good Thing. My question, do you think the U.S. Uh, and the world will become a more secular society or a society with a more Judeo-Christian lifestyle in the future? Thanks so much. I'm a huge fan and I'll be reading Werewolf Cop next. Please write and let me know how you like it. I- no, you know, I think that I think that religion is going to change as we learn more. It should change. We should learn from the world. Religion accrues superstition over time. Superstitions stick to it like barnacles. We have to take those superstitions away and just get to the real religion. That's the whole point. We want to get to the truth of Christ, which is not the superstitions that sometimes attach to it as it goes forward. I think we need to refresh our religion. I think we need to look at it in a new way. But no, I think it's going to come back. And the reason I think that is because the ideas of living that come from living without religion make no sense and are leading us in a, down a very, very bad road. Uh, okay, from Edward. Um, Hello, Andrew. My name is Edward. I live in Los Angeles and I'm 16 years old. Uh, my mom is what you could very well refer to as a person on the far left, and we have different disagreements about politics. Recently, I've noticed that the disagreements have gotten out of hand. Multiple times, it has led to her calling me many names. As she has run out of points, she stopped attacking the ideas and started attacking the person, pushing those ideas instead. Uh, as you know, this is a strategy of many on the left. Well, I love my mother dearly, it gets harder and harder for me to deal with her to try to get this under control. I've tried asking her to stop talking politics with me, as well as many other strategies. I was wondering if there's any advice you could possibly give me to help me out with this situation. Thank you very much. Yeah, listen, um, Edward, first of all, you sound like a really mature guy. You sound like you're really... Um, a serious person and you have an understanding of things. Um, Let me see if I can put this in context. You're 16. In two years, you're going to be moving on. You're going to be moving on to college, I hope, uh, or to some other uh, productive thing. You're going to be getting out of the house. When you look back on this later on, when you get older and you look back on this, here's what you're going to wish. You're going to wish that you just got about the business of doing what you had to do for Edward and getting out of the house, keeping your head down and getting out of the house. You're not going to say, "I'm sure glad I had that argument with my mother." (laughs) You're not going to be saying that. Oh, I'm sure glad that I convinced mom, you know, not to vote for Joe Biden. That's not going to happen. That's not what you're going to think. You're going to think I should have just kept my head down and paid attention to the things that matter: your school, the stuff you're studying, the stuff you want to do, the college you want to go to, or the job you want to get after you get out of your house. That's what you should be thinking about, and only that. And you should be focusing on that. And when your mother is talking to you about something, that's what you should be thinking. What is the best thing that can happen right now? to get me to that next place, okay? I'm telling you this. I'm I'm a visitor from your future telling you this, okay? That means... You should stop arguing with your mother. She obviously is not handling this well, okay? shes I I don't know the full story. I'm not there. It sounds to me like your father's not in the picture. I'm just guessing there, but it sounds to me like what you should be doing is if there are other adults who can help you, if there are other adults that you can talk to about your situation that you trust, a teacher, a pastor, somebody like that, you should be talking to them instead. Don't be arguing with your mother about politics. If you can't stop her from doing it, just you know, smile as sweetly as you can and say, I love you, mom, but we got to agree to disagree on this. Do not go down that rabbit hole. You're not going to be happy if you did. You're not going to accomplish anything. Let it go. You're a mature guy. I think you can get this. Okay. I don't know what your situation is. I'm only guessing from your letter, but but I know what your situation is that you have to be thinking about Edwards' future and what that's going to be. It's only two years. I know that sounds like forever. It's a short period of time. It's two years for you to get out and move on to the next phase of your life. That's your focus. So when your mom is talking, your idea here is to be good to your mom, to love your mom, to honor your mom and respect your mom, but not to argue with your mom. Don't argue with her. Let it go you know, s- smile get out of it any way you can and think about what uh, you should be doing. What's your main thing? Should you be studying this? Should be looking at this? Should be contacting this person? Should be getting to know this person? You should always, and if you can, if you got some adult, maybe it's your dad, maybe it's a pastor, maybe it's a teacher. If you got some adult you can talk to and go to and talk about these things and how you want to move forward, you should be doing that as well, okay? Because that's, that's what you're going to care about in the future. I'm visiting you from your future to tell you that's what you're going to think. I'm out of time. But I will be back here tomorrow. I'm Andrew Claven. This is The Andrew Claven Show. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, give us a five-star review. And also tell your friends to subscribe, too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Matt Walsh Show, and The Michael Knoll Show. Thanks for listening. The Andrew Clavin Show is produced by Robert Sterling and directed by Mike Joyner. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Technical producer, Austin Stevens. And our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Assistant director, Pavel Wydowski. Edited by Adam Saevitz. Audio mixed by Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup is by Jessela Alvera. Animations are by Cynthia Angulo. Production assistants, McKenna Waters and Ryan Love. The Andrew Clavin Show is a Daily Wire production, copyright Daily Wire 2020. You
3: know, The Matt Wall Show, it's not just another show about, about politics. I think there are enough of those already out there. We talk about culture because culture drives politics and it drives everything else. So my main focuses are life, family, faith. Those are fundamental and that's what this show is about. I hope you'll give it a listen.